Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope that you are having a wonderful day so far. Last week, our topic was managing stress and anxiety, and I hope that some of you were able to get some good pointers from that episode about how to help your stress and anxiety. When I do those types of episodes, a lot of times I'm not just talking to my listeners. I'm also talking to myself. And this was definitely one episode that I went back and listened to myself and took some of my own advice because really it doesn't come from me. It comes from the universe. And so I took some of that advice and I've been trying to implement it. And and I hope that some of you have too. It's it's a constant daily struggle, isn't it? To, to wake up in the morning and go, this is going to be a good day and then power through it no matter what comes our way. It's very difficult, but that's what the universe loves to see. And they love when we just surrender to what is coming our way and just kind of go with it. And so I've been trying to do that. And I hope some of you have as well. This week, we're going to be talking about something entirely different. We're going to be talking about in sickness and in health, navigating tough decisions for our pets. I do more readings for people that are related to animals that have passed away and animals that are getting ready to pass than anything else that I do. That's because this can be a very, very confusing time when your pet seems like they might be getting to that point where they're ready to go to the rainbow bridge, or you are feeling one way, but your vet's telling you another, there can be so many different things going on here, but whatever it is, these things can help. They can cause us to panic and not make maybe the best decisions. So in this episode, I'm hoping to help you to be able to navigate those times a little bit better. It's very emotional when it's our own animals and they're going through something. And so sometimes we just need to take a little bit of a step back and maybe hear the types of things that I'm going to share with you today. When we adopt a pet or bring any new pet into our lives, one of the realizations that we have to kind of face is that most likely our pets are going to pass before we do. You know, obviously there's those times where that's not the case, but for the most part, we are going to be the ones suffering their loss and not vice versa. Of course, unless you have a bird or a tortoise or something like that. What that means is a couple of things. First, that we are going to have the responsibilities of everything when it comes to these animals, just like if it was a child, we have to take care of them. We have to provide the proper veterinary care for them. We have to look out for the symptoms that they are ill. We have to treat them more like they are an infant because they can't communicate with us with verbal language. So we have to rely a lot on their body language and symptoms that they may be showing as far as illness goes. Um, The other thing that we face is that we will at some point have to face them passing. And a lot of times that does mean that we have to make that decision ourselves. We have to decide when the right time is. And that can be a very, very confusing and difficult time for people. So this is something that I help with a lot. I have people that, that 
book readings so that I can talk to the pet and see if that pet is ready to pass, if they want to stay around longer, how they are feeling. And one of those clients actually is what sparked me to do this episode today. Because even though I face this a lot, this particular situation, it has everything in it. So what the situation is, is they have this adorable little dog and he's old. He's like 13 years old. He's got some arthritis, got some vision issues going on. But other than that, seems perfectly healthy. And then one of the owners found a lump inside of his mouth. And so she took him in to have it looked at by the vet. And the vet did a little uh, needle aspirate on it where they just take some some tissue or fluids out to see what it is, if it's possibly cancerous or something. And it came back that it's something cancerous. So the vet is giving her limited options. But what he is suggesting is that they put this dog through surgery to remove not just this lump, but everything around it so that they can make sure to get all the margins. So they might even end up taking a piece of this dog's nose. So they came to me asking me, what does the dog want? And what are my intuitive feelings for this um, situation? You know what? We have a caller. So let's come back to this because I want to go ahead and take our caller. I don't want to keep her on hold too long. We'll come back to this story in a second. So we have Haley calling from Vancouver, Canada. Hi, Haley. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me good? Yes. Yes, I can. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Good. How can I help you today? Um, I am a member of your Facebook group. And you did a reading for my cat, Bubble, um, a while back. Um, Bubble passed away a couple of weeks ago, so I really wanted to reach out and see if you were able to connect to her and see if she had any messages for me. Absolutely. I am so sorry for your loss, by the way. Let me um, let me connect to her. How old was she when she passed? Uh, 18. Wow. Old kitty. Okay. So, so, you know, and so the uh, other listeners know, I don't remember my readings. Uh, This is actually good for me because can you imagine if I remembered all my readings, it would take up so much space in my brain. So I don't remember doing the reading for your cat. So everything that's going to come from me is, is fresh. It's new. Um, So let's see what, I'm sorry, what was your kitty's name again? Her name is Bubble. Bubbles. Let me write it down so I remember bubbles. Okay. Yeah. Bubble without an S. Just bubble, bubble without an S. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, she's showing me herself at the Rainbow Bridge. When I connect to an animal that has passed, I see the Rainbow Bridge as like this big open grass area. And in this grass area, they do whatever they enjoy doing in human life normally to show me that they're happy on the other side. And what I see her doing is kind of crouching down. She sees there's a lizard and a butterfly. I'm seeing both. And she's seeing both of these creatures and she's watching them. Now, she's not going to hurt them because this is heaven, but she's watching. And this is something that she's telling me that in life she liked to observe. She was an observer. She wasn't necessarily um, like... um, Well, obviously, as she got older, but even most of her life, she wasn't like the over... um, excited type of cat she was more of the observer does that make sense mm-hmm. okay uh, let me see what she wants to tell you about her situation passing so and i'm going to get into this a little bit in this episode today is that when these things happen there really isn't any control that us humans have 
when our pets choose to pass, that's when they pass. And so bubble, this was the right time because I feel like if the things that were going on in her body, because I do feel that like there were different things. I, I feel the kidneys, I can kind of see um, when they have kidney disease, there's like different things in them. And I can see that in her. Um, so that was one thing. There's different things that were just going wrong with her body. I'm feeling like the teeth were an issue. Um, so for her, this was the right time. Any more time would have just been absolutely uncomfortable for her. So she wants you to know that she is absolutely happy on the other side, that she is always with you. She is sending you signs. One of the most common signs that these animals send is rainbows. But for her, and she is saying that that is something that she will send you. So look for rainbows. I'm not just talking in the sky, but I'm talking like on social media, um, on TV, anywhere. But she's also showing me because her name was Bubble. She's also showing me bubbles. So anytime that you see bubbles when you're out like randomly like a child blowing bubbles or one of those bubble machines this is a sign that she's saying that she's sending to you to let you know that she is around does all that make sense okay yes great anything else that i can answer for you today no that's that's really all i just wanted to see if she had any messages for me yeah, I think the big oh, yeah. message here for you is that she is still very much around you and she loves you. And okay, one other thing is that she wants you to never, um, it's hard to say this because we do it like regret those decisions that we made, that we second guess ourselves. She wants you to know that all of the decisions that you made for her were the best decisions and she loves you and appreciates that and doesn't want you to second guess that. Okay. So that brings okay. a little comfort. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. okay, sounds good. Well, Thank you so much for calling in, Haley. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you, Samantha, for your reading. You're welcome. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Wonderful. If anybody else wants to call in for a reading or you want to talk about the topic, please feel free to 888-346-9141. So getting back to the story that I was talking about before with this client of mine, they wanted to know what the dog wanted. Does the dog want surgery? Does he just want to be left alone, you know, to enjoy his life? What does he want? And what do I see as being the best thing for him? And there's a lot of different things that come into play here. But one of the big things is age. This dog's 13 years old. And there's a few things that happen, not just to animals, but to us as we get older. But one of them is that our bodies don't heal the way that they used to. So where you can spay or neuter an animal when they're a puppy or a kitten and they bounce back from it pretty quickly, if you do the same kind of surgery to an old dog, they're not going to recover as quickly. Same with any kind of surgery, anything like that. They are not going to bounce back as quickly. And it can take, even for a healthy animal, it can take weeks to bounce back from a surgery. So this kind of surgery where they're talking about removing a piece of the lip and, and a, por a portion of the nose, this is a very uncomfortable surgery that is going to cost them also a lot of money that is going to take a lot of quality of life away from this dog in the time that he has left. And we logically have to look at this like the I can't remember how long the vet said that he has either way. But let's just say that the vet said that he has a year if you uh, with chemo or with treatment, whatever it is they wanted to do and six months without. In my opinion, six months without treatment where the animal can enjoy the rest of their lives 
is so much better than a year of misery. Also, I can tell you from experience with almost every single dog that I've had, that I have had vets tell me that these dogs have cancer when they do not. It is very, very hard to get an accurate diagnosis for cancer. And I'm not saying that's what's happening with this client, but I've had it happen to myself a couple of times. We rescued a dog a couple of years ago, Betty, talked about Betty. And when she came to us, she had this really weird limp in her front foot and they had done x-rays at the rescue. And so I got those x-rays and I sent them to uh, somebody like a radiologist that, you know, looks over these and and checks everything. And, And that radiologist said it looked like it was the beginning of some kind of bone cancer, that there was no way that this was nothing. This was the beginning of something. Well, she's been with us two years and she no longer has that limp. It took about maybe eight months, eight to 10 months for it to go away. But not only did the limp stop, but the rest of like her things that she was showing in her body, she had all these growths and stuff. Those things went away as well. Sometimes these animals, they are misdiagnosed, especially like in a situation like that, where you have a rescue that's, you know, they're they're just minimally trying to see what is wrong. Um, there really was no proof that Betty had cancer except for this x-ray. But our vet wanted to amputate the leg. And I was like, no, 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 no. She's an old dog. She's been through so much already. Why would I do that? You know, it, at the time, we didn't know how much longer she had. But we were willing to just take that risk of whatever she has left. We just want it to be quality time. And now she has absolutely none of those symptoms associated with that foot problem. So these situations that were put in that my client that I was talking about has been put in. These are very difficult decisions to make because you don't know at the time you're taking your best intuitive guess, really. Um, and trying to make the best informed decisions that you can. But the problem is, is that a lot of times vets will push, push, push on the surgery aspect of things, even on like minor things like uh, you guys might remember this. But months ago, my great Dane took a fall himself and he had one of his um I guess it would be considered the dog's ankle was swollen. Um, So it was swollen and the vet kept looking at it and she came out here. We have a mobile vet because he's really hard to get in and out of the car. So it's just easier, right? Taking him to the vet is really, really hard. And she was like, you know what? I think this needs an x-ray. And I kept asking her, why does it need an x-ray? Well, to see what's wrong with it. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that if if it's broken, I'm not doing surgery on it. And there's not a whole lot that can be done. So why don't we just wait and see what happens? And she was push, push, pushing that x-ray. You know what happened? It healed on its own. But sometimes that might not be the right decision. So these are the times that we have to kind of weigh what is going on here, what seems logical, but also what is the intuitive feeling on things? That's where I come in as well, is that if you get to a point with these kind of decisions where you're having a hard time making them because you know, you're the owner. And of course, the owner is way more emotionally connected. This is where I come in. And I'm so happy to help because honestly, most of the time, these situations aren't what they look like. So this dog um, that I was talking about, my client's dog, what he wants is to live the life that he has left. This lump is not hurting him at all. There's no pain coming from it. He barely feels it. Sometimes it's like he touches it with his tongue and he can feel it but it's not a big deal to him and he doesn't want to undergo a traumatic surgery or chemotherapy or anything. 
What he wanted was to just enjoy the rest of his life with his family, whatever that may be, whether it's a month, six months, a year, that's what he wanted. And that's what they wanted. But they wanted to make sure that they were making the right decision because sometimes too, the vets can be very much like, this is the best decision. And you don't know what to do. Because first of all, is that vet being honest? Because as much as we want to trust There's always those times where in the medical field, whether it's human or animal, where money is the object. And so we have to look at it from a different standpoint of the money aspect of it, which is also something that comes into play. So like in this situation, my clients do have the money for this surgery, but if they didn't, they might be feeling guilty. They might be feeling like I need to do this surgery, but letting me talk to the animal and explain to them the situation of how this goes helps a lot because money is not something that we are supposed to allow to control a decision in this case. But sometimes that can be something that pushes us in the direction because that's what's going on in our lives. Sometimes our old animals need to be put down in times of financial concerns and it ends up showing as health problems that they're having instead of you having to make the decision because of money. Does that make sense? Uh, The universe has complete control over this is what I'm trying to say. So um, yeah, there's a lot that goes with this. So I think we should take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some ways of knowing how, like when it is your animal's time, how do you know? What are some signs that they might show you Uh, Also, things that you can do to set signs with your animals so that when the time comes, they can show you these kinds of signs. So let's go ahead and take our break and we will come back to that. Stay tuned, friends. We'll be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guest will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests? Or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge, friends. Today we are talking about navigating tough decisions with our pets. Anytime that we have pets, we're going to most likely face these kinds of decisions. One of the things that used to bother me is that our pets don't live very long, right? Like I have a two Great Danes and a lab and the one Great Dane's probably like 12 because she's rescued. The lab's like 10 and the big Great Dane is six. These are all senior dogs. The giant Great Dane is senior because the bigger the dog, you know, the, the less life that they have. And that is really, really hard for us to grasp. And a lot of times people don't want pets or one passes and they don't want to get another one because of the pain that is associated with losing an animal. But I have learned over the years of this work that I have done from the universe that this is the best way for this situation to be. And there's a few reasons. First of all, can you imagine how many animals there would be in this world if they lived longer than that? Birds bother me because they live a long life. And if a bird gets put into a bad situation where it's locked in a cage, I've seen this happen for 20, 30, 40 years, that bird lives its existence like that and it has feelings. And so birds, I feel, should be left alone. They live way too long to be you know, treated negatively. So we have to think of that. How many animals would there be in this world and how many of them would be in a situation that would be bad for them? That right there alone tells me that I don't want dogs and cats living to be as old as I will live to be. I think that this is better. And and according to the universe, it is. Animals are in our lives for a lot of reasons. Companionship, teaching us things like uh, unconditional love. But they're also here to teach us about death and about the process and about what goes on during that process and how not to fear it. Because believe it or not, animals do not fear death the way that we do. They know that it's not the end. So if, for example, if you have a pet that you're taking into the vet to be put down and that dog, cat, whatever is shaking and seems very nervous, they're not nervous because they're going to be put down. They're nervous because they're in uh, an environment that they're unfamiliar with and they don't know what they're doing there. So one of the other things that I do is when the time comes, I can explain to your pet what is going to happen. And that makes the situation for everybody much better. They pass um, in a much more peaceful way for the owners too, because in that situation where your animal doesn't know and you're taking them somewhere to have them put down, that situation can be super stressful for everybody involved. Your pet is feeling your anxiety. So if your pet knows what's going to happen before it happens, uh, that definitely does help. And I do a lot of that. And I'm always happy to do that kind of thing for people. But also, 
I think one of the the harder things too, not just having to put our animals down, but is to watch them be sick. That is something that can be very hard for us. I work with a lot of people that like their animals are getting older and they're starting to see these changes in them, whether they're vision or hearing or arthritis or whatever they might be. And they feel bad. They don't want their pet to suffer. They don't want their pet to be in pain. But here is the reality of things. Do we get through this life without pain and suffering? Any of us humans, do we? Do we, um, when we get older, do we, you know, as some of us might be lucky, but for the most part, as we get older, we're going to suffer more aches and pains and our body's going to start doing things. And that's the same thing for animals. So while they appreciate our concern when they start acting like that, it doesn't necessarily mean that it is time for them to go. Same with an animal with like dementia, for example, our black lab or our black, our black Dane, Betty, she has early symptoms of um, dementia, doggy dementia. And for a while, it looked to us like she might be going downhill really fast and that uh, we're actually getting ready to move to Nevada in two weeks. And so we told her a few months ago, we're moving. And right now you seem to be going downhill. It seems like you might not want to do this move with us. So I left it up to her. We left it up to her. If you are ready to pass, if you want to pass before we move, then that's up to you and show us. And before we told her this, a couple of the things that she was doing, one, she was standing in the middle of the room. She would just stand there and stare and not lay down. And it was just really hard to watch. You just want them to you know, lay down and relax. And after we talked to her, she's now not really doing that as much. Every once in a while, she'll stand in the middle of the room for a little while. But for the most part, she will go and lay down. She also at night when we would get into bed seemed very, very uncomfortable, even though she was given pain medication. Um, she takes Rimadyl, Carprofen, and Gabapentin. And so I thought her physical needs there seem to be being met as far as her physical pain. What is it at night that she can't get comfortable? And it really felt like it was just her brain. It was just her mind not calming down. So I increased her gabapentin dosage and I started giving it to her earlier so that by the time we go to bed, she is more relaxed and this is helping. She has really made a huge improvement. This is not the first time we've given her that option. When it came to the foot, we also gave her that option. So when they know what's going on, they can make this decision themselves to do what it is that they want it to do. They know when they are ready. And she has shown us both times that we've done this, that she's not ready to go yet. If she would have continued to go downhill, we absolutely would have respected that and gone ahead and put her down. But that's not what's happening here. So she wants to be here despite the fact that she has aches and pains and slight dementia and gets confused at times. She still wants to be here because for the most part, she is very happy. So when it comes to seeing our animals in pain and having these issues, we have to look at it as if they are maybe not senior pets, but senior people. And we wouldn't just take our loved one that's just starting to show signs of dementia and put them down. Um, human euthanasia is available in a lot of places now, and it's a wonderful option. But we wouldn't do that. Like doctors won't, for the most part, I think you have to really be very sick to do that. There has to be a point, right? And with people, you can really, unless they have dementia or Alzheimer's, 
people can really tell you how they're feeling, right? With animals, we have to go by their symptoms and we have to kind of guess and play that intuitive logic game or or whatever to try and figure out when it is their time because they can't talk to us like people. But just because they are exhibiting signs of pain does not mean that you necessarily need to put that animal to sleep now. They could live a lot longer. I've been through it with my dogs where I've thought, that, you know, they've been diagnosed with something and this is it. And then they live for years. So it really is about learning how to make that decision without, I guess, so much influencing influence from your veterinarian, influence from outside sources when your intuition will definitely tell you the best or also I am here to help with those things. One thing that I like to point out when it comes to this is also quality over quantity. And I mentioned this slightly before, but if it's six months of happiness as opposed to a year of misery, we always want to choose the six months of happiness because there's the the pain and the suffering that happens with recovering from surgery or chemo for animals is really, really hard. I saw chemotherapy. I worked in veterinary hospitals for a while. And at the end of working in a veterinary hospitals, there was this one dog, and I will never forget it. This dog was riddled with cancer, very, very sick. And the owners were not ready to say goodbye. And so they were putting this dog through everything, chemo, surgery, everything. And um, one morning, the dog came in and was very, very sick and threw up blood in the, the waiting room. And the smell of that, the smell of that made me decide that I won't do that kind of thing for my animals because I thought this animal is suffering so bad and has been pushed to that point. And I know that there's been advances made in chemotherapy and stuff, but that scared me. That made me see that that is very, very harsh on their bodies. And so I've been very careful with what I have done over the years with my own animals. I had a yellow lab that had liver cancer and the vet was like, try the the pill form of chemo, right? It's going to help. It's going to give him extra time. I said, how much time does he have without the chemo and how much does he have with? And he said, he probably has three months without and probably has six months with. And this chemo, he told me, would not make him sick. But you know what? Gave it to him and he lived three months anyways. And I don't know what it did to him if it made him worse. I know that I had to put him down two days after one of those doses of chemo. So that was it. That was it. I've now decided that we will do holistic stuff. We will do the comfort care. But as far as cancer goes, invasive stuff is just too harsh on their bodies. And of course, this is not, I'm not saying this is the right decision for everyone, but I definitely have learned a lot from my own experiences. And I do like to share those because I think that if you have never been through this, you might not be thinking like this. You might not be thinking of what that chemo might be doing to the inside of the animal's body. Because a lot of times we don't know. If you have a pet that you know, you're close to, you probably see certain signs of them not feeling good. But one of the things that I noticed that people do is they might say, oh, well, my pet has been really tired for the last couple of months and isn't eating as well, but I didn't think there was anything wrong. Well, those right there are signs that there's something wrong because your pet can't just walk up to you and say to you, I don't feel well. I get to where people tell me my dog is just staring at me, just sitting 
thing in front of me, staring at me, pawing at me, trying to get my attention. What are they trying to tell me? Well, it's not always health related, but we have to look at what else is going on. And if there's other things going on, other symptoms going on and put them together and say, my dog is not feeling well. There's so many different things here that we can look for as far as the health goes. And I think that we forget that because we're so used to people just telling us, I don't feel good. Because by once your your child learns how to talk, they can tell you they don't feel good. They might not be able to explain, but they can say, I'm sick. I don't feel good. Where an animal cannot, they can just scratch or chew or sleep more or whatever. So we have to pay more attention to those things. And those things will also help us to know when the animal is getting closer and closer to passing. There are times where things happen really, really quick. So you might not see symptoms and those times can be really, really difficult. And people often do beat themselves up. Like, was there something that I wasn't seeing? And I've had these ex- this experience as well with one of my Labradors that had hemangiosarcoma. Hemangiosarcoma is one of the worst cancers because it sneaks up on you. All of a sudden, you have a dog that was acting perfectly fine that now is bleeding internally. And they don't even know they're sick. But usually it's like a tumor in the spleen or pancreas or liver that causes this and it ruptures. And that's what happened to my dog, um, Sierra. And Sierra seemed perfectly healthy. She had just been in for blood work. There was no real health issues there that it seemed of. And then all of a sudden this tumor ruptured and she passed on the operating table like four hours later. So I did beat myself up a lot looking back at that, trying to go, did I miss something? Was there something there that I should have seen? And sometimes there isn't. And it took me a long time to realize there wasn't. I was so on top of that dog and making sure that she was healthy. She, Like I said, she had just had blood work, but cancer doesn't show up in the blood work. So most of the time. So there wasn't anything in there that was off until she showed those horrible symptoms. So We can't beat ourselves up if we don't see the symptoms because a lot of times we don't. And a lot of times certain pets too, especially cats and birds and like um, reptiles and stuff, they cover up symptoms of being sick. This is something that in the wild they have to do so that they're not prone to predators because predators will smell this out in them, right? If there's a sick animal and they're acting weird, then they become more open to predators. So they have to cover this up, especially birds. So any signs that we see of our animals acting physically weird, we definitely should um, look at and see what's going on here. Stay on top of it, make a mental note of it and and all of that. Um, So let's see. I've got a lot more to talk about here. I want to talk about when to know that it's the right time for euthanasia. So we'll talk about that after the break, as well as maybe some things that we can do in our pet's final days to make them more comfortable. Because this is probably um, the number one question I get from people when they tell me that they're putting their pet to sleep is what do they want? What are their wishes? Do they want you know certain things from me the day of their passing? Do they want certain things after they pass? And for the most part, animals tell me that they just want their basic needs met, what that what's been happening all along, pain control and love. They want to spend time with the people that they love. It's not about like we take it and do things with it, like buying them a a hamburger, which I will absolutely do for any of my animals. But that's me. That's not my dog asking for a hamburger. That's me going, oh, I love hamburgers. So my dog should enjoy this while they're while it's alive, you know. 
Um, yeah. So, but they're not looking at it like that. They just want your unconditional love and those, you know, the, the quality of life that, that they can have and the pain control, that kind of thing. They're not looking for these special things that maybe we want those things like taking them on long car drives, taking them to the beach, doing things with them. Those are things that are very healthy and we should do those. But those aren't necessarily the things that pets tell me that they want. They just want to be with you. They just want that love so that they can. It's not really even for them. It's most of this is for us so that we can feel their love so that we can hold on to the memories. Because when they pass away, they take all those memories with us and they can see us at any time. So those memories, giving your dog that hamburger, taking your dog to the beach, taking your cat out, whatever it is that that you're doing, you are creating wonderful memories and our animals do love that. But that's definitely um, the human side of things, as well as like when we cremate them or bury them or whatever. Our pets don't care what we do there either. They just want us to do what feels right for us. And if having their ashes in our home or in, you know, some of it in a necklace or in a bracelet or whatever we're doing, if that makes us feel better, then they want us to do that. But they are not concerned with any of that. That is their body that they're leaving behind that they no longer need because their soul has moved on. So all of these things, they want us to do what makes us happy and the most comfortable and that we feel will be um, what we can do to cherish their memory if that's what we need. So let's go ahead and take that break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, like I said, the euthanasia and how to know when it's time and all of that. So stay tuned, friends. We'll be right back after these brief messages. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. 
Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, friends. Today we are talking about navigating those tough decisions that pet owners usually have to face at some point, right? So I had mentioned that our pets want that love from us, that that's the biggest thing that when I ask them, what is it that you want in these final days, that they just want to be loved, right? Well, there are some other things. So let's talk about those things real quick. When it comes to quality of life, our animals, that's what they're looking for. They want to live as, it's not about how long but they want the time to be quality. They don't want to be suffering. So in this time that they are not ready to pass or whatever, where we're trying to you know, make them have this quality of life, some of the things that we can do for them, number one is pain management. Uh, I see a lot of times people that have old dogs and I ask them, is your dog on any pain control? And a lot of times the answer is no. And I ask why, and they say, well, the vet says it's bad for their liver. Okay, so let's examine this for a second. Again, this is an old animal that doesn't have a lot of time left. Why are we trying to save the liver? I get it if you live, if you're gonna live another 30, 40 years, but when you might only live another year or two, why are we trying to save the liver over trying to make the pet comfortable? That doesn't make sense to me. It is about pain control, about making sure that our animals are comfortable. If your vet does not want to give your old pet that obviously has pain issues, uh, pain management medication, then it's time to find somebody else. Um, some of the things, like I mentioned, that I do with ours, they are on Rimadil, and car- which is also called Carprofen. That is very hard on the liver, and it was a difficult decision to decide to put them on that but that is the best medication for where their pain is. I did try another one, uh, Galaprant. And Galaprant did work very well. It's very, very expensive. Uh, It did work well, but that gets to a point where that doesn't work anymore. And then the carprofen is really needed. So so that's a medication that I would definitely recommend um, talking to your doctor about. There's also other ones, but that's the one that I've found to be the most helpful. Also, uh, as I had mentioned, the gabapentin, which is a human medication, and I don't believe it's FDA approved to be used in animals, but this is for nerve pain, but it also has a sedative effect. So with our dog, Betty, I use it more for the sedative effect than for the pain control because the carprofen does the pain control. But as I mentioned, she gets really anxious at night and can't get comfortable. And the the gabapentin is what keeps her comfortable and helps her sleep at night. So we have to try and figure out what works for them. We That mean uh, might mean trying different medications. Something else that I do throughout the day is um, CBD oil, which is actually just a hemp oil. You can order that on even on Amazon. It doesn't have to be a $60 bottle of CBD oil. It can be 
a $10 bottle of hemp oil that works just as good because that's what I use because we have giant dogs and I can't imagine how much we'd go through, you know, in those, those bottles that are 60 to $80 a bottle. So what I use is I think like $12, sometimes I think it's sometimes on sale. It's like 12 to $20. It's relatively inexpensive. And what it does is it naturally calms. It naturally relieves pain and it helps either instead of or on top of these other things that you're doing. I give it to our dogs whenever we leave the house as a way to, you know, let them relax while we're gone. And then also before bed so that they can relax and it helps with the pain. Um, so that is definitely something else to add. Comfortable environment. Really important that it's animals in general don't like really loud environments, but as they get older, they like things more quiet and mellow. And a lot of times we'll even seek out a place that is dark and quiet and mellow. So allow them to have that. Make sure that they have a cozy space. Um, if, if, you know, you definitely some kind of beds. I say all dogs need beds, but especially the older dogs, especially they need that for their, their bones. The um, like ours have mattresses. They have a mattress in the living room there. Um, that's really good support for them because the, the floor is so hard on their old bones. Now I'm not saying they're not going to lay there because two of my three dogs there have all these pain problems. They will still lay on the floor on the hard floor, but when they're really in pain and they're really uncomfortable, they're going to seek out a comfortable environment to help them feel more comfortable. So that's important. Also making sure they're getting the proper diet um, and hydration and other medications, not just the pain control, but like if you have a pet that has like a chronic condition, um, you keep giving them their medications until it's time to put them down. Like, like uh, say they have a thyroid problem because Sabbath here has a, a thyroid problem. He will take that medication until the day he's put down because it's it's a part of what's keeping him comfortable. So keep doing those. Keep doing comfortable diets. If they're having issues with their mouth or digestion, adjust that. If you're starting to see stomach problems, um, that could be coming from something in the food because as even humans get older, it's harder for us to digest certain things. So we want to make sure that we give them a diet that's comfortable for them, whatever that might mean to yours. The cuddling and attention, the love, um, mental stimulation, making sure that they have ways to take their minds off of things if they want them, bones, interactive toys, things like that, that they might still enjoy doing to help them to pass their time and to maybe even feel better. Grooming them, keeping them, you know, feeling good. Like a lot of dogs, when they get sick, they'll get um, like underneath their eyes, their eyes get all like teary and boogery and stuff, keeping that all clean, making sure their hair doesn't get matted, just making sure that they're generally comfortable, gentle exercise, short walks, things adjust to what they need, just like you would to yourself or to an older person, adjust to what is what looks like your pet specifically needs. So let's talk now about a very hard topic to talk about, and that is euthanasia. This is something that most people do have a hard time talking about, whether they're coming to me to decide whether it's the right time or they're coming after the fact and they feel like they've made the wrong choice. In grief, we often will feel these senses of we didn't do what we needed to do. We have remorse. We have guilt. We have all of these things that we think we should have, could have, would have done. And we did it. 
And those things tend to beat us up when we're in that grief mode. And we have to remind ourselves that that is the grief talking. That's not our pets talking. Our pets are not mad at us when we put them down. They understand why we're doing it, when we're doing it. And ultimately, the universe has control. Our pets have control. If they're not ready, they will show that, just like what I've said with Betty. So sometimes it can be hard to determine when the right time is. So again, if you need somebody, you know, like myself, I am here to help you with that. Something else that I get asked about a lot when it's done before is the process is, is this going to be a scary process, especially not by the animals, but by the owners, if they've never been through it again, euthanasia is very peaceful. Sometimes people tell me that their animals fought the euthanasia and what's happening is they're not fighting the euthanasia. They don't know what's coming. They don't know that they're not being injected with something that's going to make them very uncomfortable. They have no clue. They're they're simple minded. So the worst is going through their minds and the worst is usually not death. The use the worst is usually pain. So when we put our animals down. It's important for us to stay calm. And again, if I can be of help, this is a great place for me to help so that I can explain to them what's going to happen so that it can be a peaceful experience. I suggest if if you can, if finances are, are available at the time and you live in an area where it's available, I always recommend to people doing this in the comfort of your own home. It will take a lot of stress away from the animals, from you, it's just a much more pleasant experience. So if you can do that, that's always a great alternative. But the actual process is very peaceful. Usually the vet will, I don't say usually, this is what they do. They give first a medication that makes them tired. It basically puts them under, just like if they were having surgery. So your pet is essentially asleep when they are given the medication to actually end their life they don't feel it. They are already at peace. And you know what? Most of the time, these animals will tell me that their soul left their body before they even technically passed away, that they're watching this from the other side as it's happening. So it it is a very peaceful process if we make it a peaceful process. We can make it very stressful and frustrating but it doesn't need to be that and it shouldn't be that. But we're the ones that have the control over that. We're the ones that have to let our animals know this is okay. When we're crying and bawling our eyes out and walking into that vet, like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us, our animals feel that. And I'm not saying that we have to control all of our emotions, but we have to remember that they don't know why we're crying unless we tell them. So you're walking into a vet's office with this animal and you're crying and freaking out and they're thinking the worst. So we need to be in more control of ourselves in these situations with euthanasia. Something that I get asked in this too a lot after euthanasia is how am I supposed to live without my pet? And that is um, absolutely a statement, a question that comes from grief, because when you're in grief, you don't see any way that you're going to be able to go on without this person or this animal. It just if you're that deep in grief, it just doesn't look that way. And this is something that over the years I've had to kind of work at. How do I tell people how they should live without their pets? Because can't just say just live without your pets, because that's not the way that this works. 
But in that grief, just recognize that this is the grief talking, that it's telling you right now that you're not going to be able to live without this pet, but you will. Time heals things and and we move on from things as much as we possibly can. So time is the big, big healer here. When it comes to deciding whether it's time to put your pet to sleep or not, this is the thing that I tell absolutely everybody that I do a reading for, and I even use myself, and that is the rule of three. And the rule of three is to pick three things that your pet likes to do. The most, the things that they love to do the most. So one of my pets I had to put to sleep a few years ago, Sequoia, she loved to eat. She loved to go on her walks and she loved to play ball. She wasn't able to really play ball for quite a while, but she still would carry the ball around. And then once it was towards the end, she wasn't even doing that. She was just very uncomfortable. And then she collapsed on a walk and then she wasn't able to eat regular dog food anymore. She was getting very sick, anything that she was eating. So she just stopped eating. So the only thing I could get her to eat was like eggs and stuff like that. So at that point, I knew that it was her time. So this is something that I tell people, have this prepared. So that when the time comes, you know, my pet in this state can't do any of these things anymore. Or sometimes if it's food, they might still be able to eat. But those other two things, look at those as well. These are ways that we can know when our pets are ready to be put down, when we're ready to let them go. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it is the universe's decision of when our pets are going to pass. Even when we make the appointment, we feel it in ourselves that the universe is saying it's time or our pet is saying it's time. When you feel that intuitive decision, when there's nothing that can talk you out of that decision, when these things that I've talked about are no longer working, the medications and stuff, you will absolutely know that it is time. So that's all that I have time for today, my friends. I hope that you got something out of this. I know it's kind of a bummer episode, but to be honest with you, I deal with this every day and I wish that I could say these things to everybody so that they knew better how to face when their pets were going to be facing something like this. So I really hope that you got something out of this as depressing as it might have been. And if you'd like to find me, you can find me at samanthajonespsychicmedium.com. I have a podcast that I do with my husband every week, too. That's called Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. You can find that on my website as well. So until next week, friends, I hope that you have a wonderful week. Go out and, and love your animals, love other people, be kind to animals and to people, because that is what we're here for, my friends. Until next week, peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.